Welcome back. This is a continuation of our discussion on STEM gals. Once again, I am joined by Lisa Meese and Bonnie Fillensworth. Welcome to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Your host, Lisa Leo, leads a roundtable in the universe to discuss women in music, literature, science, and more. Warning, time travel is possible. Uh, the next part we have is the deep space exploration. And the deep space uh, is switching gears into, ironically, a panel that I have been on twice at Starbase Indy. Uh, that topic of getting girls and keeping girls interested in STEM. <laughs> So for this discussion, we're using a few resources. And again, the links to everything are at galsguide.org. The first is an article by Sheila Plank for Gals Guide called Girls Love Technology. And then we also have reference pieces. We have a 2018 statistic of women in STEM from the National Science Foundation. And another one we have as a reference is a Forbes article by none other than Mora Forbes, uh, which is called How to Inspire More Young Women to Enter STEM in 2018. So that's kind of the reference material for this deep dive into exploration. Now, Sheila made an interesting point in her article that many girls use their education to improve the lives of others, but also that girls want interesting work. It's not just about the gadgets and the pension and the pay. Their career has to have a point of some kind. Um, and I think we kind of see that with all the STEM sevens that we've covered today. They kind of get into it for, you know, for a point, for a reason. Um, so my first question is, is there a technology that you have learned simply because it was an aspect of your career? Bonnie, how about you? Um, I would say Photoshop, probably. Gotcha. I mean, I, can I, mean, see I that. use that all the time. I just got Procreate. On my tablet, and it's amazing. Ooh. I'm super excited. Never played uh, with that. Good on you. <laughs> I've got it right here. You can play with it. Um, Dangerous. <laughs> um, I learned um, in sixth grade, we all, for a project, did uh, Angel Fire website. Oh. Oh, that was so long ago. I know. But, I remember like GeoCities. Yes. <laughs> okay, Angel Fire website. Yes. Yeah. So we did that for a project, and I was in sixth grade, so I, I kept with it. I learned nice. to, to HTML and CSS. I had books, and I would, I want to do this, so I'd look up how to do it. And oh. I did use that up till like this last year. I finally switched to like just a WYSIWYG editor, and I'm like, Plug and play. I got, I, got, I got other stuff to do. Yeah, but you learned yeah. it, though. Yeah. Sweet. I know it. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Lisa, what about you? Uh, again, some computer programs, and and they keep changing, yes. right? I, I learn one, and then a couple of years later, I have to learn either the new version or the new one, right? Because it's obsolete or something better. It is. Yeah. I, my, my, my primary job is um, learning design, so e-learning. Mm -hmm. I mean... When Steve Jobs killed Flash eight, seven or eight years ago, right. it changed the technology pretty drastically and pretty fast, right? And when t tablets became a thing and HTML5 became a thing, mm -hmm. and I do not speak HTML, but all of the tools that I was using yeah. had to put things on the web, and they couldn't do it the same way anymore. And so then that just disrupts the whole industry. Yeah. And the other one, uh, which is just a, a paradigm shift, is the social media piece. You know, if I'm going right. to market my work or market Starbase Indie, I've got to figure out how to do that. And then, right. and those technologies change 
all the time. I know. Like, I'd almost say weekly. The, it yeah, feels like. The algorithm mm-hmm. is different now and they don't tell you that and you have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece of science that is technology and then there's that piece where it plays into um, psychology almost yeah, to a certain other, extent, especially with sciences, marketing. right? Yeah. And, and, and algorithm logic, mm-hmm. which isn't exactly technology. It's it's witchcraft. It's that. <laughs> Any advanced, sufficiently advanced technology, <laughs> indistinguishable from magic. Exactly. That. It's that. It's callbacks. Right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Uh, for, for me, I've learned so many pieces of technology just to um uh to explore a different career field it feels like every time i want to just kind of explore something new there's a new bit of technology that i kind of have to learn to be able to do it i mean the first bit of tech that i chose to learn on my own that wasn't like school related was final draft screenwriting format um it was a software program that i had to pay 150 dollars for which was a lot of money in the 90s but it was the industry standard and it made it easier to put where your dialogue was formatted and where your characters were formatted. Also created reports for you so you could find your swear words <laughs> and you could see how many times your character spoke. So if you had a character that suddenly disappeared, uh, you would be able to find it in the report. So it kind of took these you know, pages and made them more workable for drafts. So I finally invested in that and then my goodness gracious, had to learn how to use it because it it wasn't easy (laughs) to just start typing and be like, yeah, no, you have to tell every area of where it's going to go. I don't know how many different editing programs I learned for filmmaking Mm -hmm. because there was a different one all the time and there was cheap ones. And then, you know, as you could afford more, you'd buy a more expensive one or there'd be the new industry standard that everybody was using to figure out how to do that one. Um, I had to learn Photoshop and GIMP. GIMP is the poor man's Photoshop. It's free. So I use that one because, you know, dude, it's free. I had to make movie posters. Like, I didn't have a team behind me. So I was like, fine, I'll learn how to make a poster. How hard can it be? Oh, God. That's a dangerous question. It really is. Because 15 posters later and asking all your friends, which one is the least hideous? You start to slowly learn, maybe, uh, how to keep pictures in focus. I don't know. Uh, But then a friend of mine asked me, would you want to be on a podcast? And so then it's like I'm learning, you know, audio equipment and microphones uh, and then hosting shows. So then it's editing audio equipment and editing. You know what I mean? So it's like always for a new technology um, to explore something new, to connect to more people. And it never really bothers me learning a new thing. (laughs) I don't mind it. It's like, oh, no, this sounds like fun. Let's go explore this for a little bit. So, um, but that being said, is there a piece of technology that you avoid? Like coding or virtual reality or deleting an email or Tinder? (laughs) Is there a piece of technology that you're like, "Mm -mm, see, I will learn just about everything except for blah, blah. Lisa, how about you? You know, I've noticed in the last half a decade that I went have gone from like, ooh, new social media platform, I'm going to figure that one out, right. to being like, Snapchat, really? I, I don't understand how that works. Right. And or, oh, another kids, one? The kids are using it, so I should probably get on there. But, uh, you know, I tried to snap to just the kids and tell them we were having pizza, and my friend from Cleveland asked me the next day how the pizza was, so apparently did it wrong. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> So that one didn't work. So yeah, and it's just a difference between. And I I don't know if it's resistance to the technology or if it's like oh my gosh I have all of them I have enough 
of them to fill up all of the space my brain wants to give them. Right. You don't have enough time and, for the ones you already have. And then I have to <laughs> let some go. And so, but it's been, you know, a, a shift that I've noticed in myself and want to reverse because it concerns me a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I always go for what is this new social media going to help me with or do for me or is it going to get me to more people and it seems like the new ones get you to less people but it gets you to um directly to people mm. you know what i mean like gets you to the people you're trying to get to more directly and i'm like that's awesome if they're on the but same I, one right yeah. but it's like but i know those people and like i'll just call those people <laughs> <laughs> like thanks dude i got this in a whole other technology how do i get to people i don't know who i'd really like to know <laughs> And those are the older technologies. Correct. Because, yeah. <laughs> I hear you and I feel you at the same time. <laughs> Bonnie, what about you? Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, no. Crudge probably isn't the right word. I have had several now ex-boyfriends doing some shady shit on there. Oh, that seemed to be the, like, that's the shady one. It used to be like uh, paging and text messaging was the shady. Now it's Snapchat. Uh, Good to know. Uh, <laughs> or it, it goes Reddit. away. It goes away in 24 hours. Like, yeah. what are you doing on there that you don't want? Uh, you don't no. want seen. It'll be gone no. in 24 it, hours. It makes yeah. no sense for me as a visual artist. I want my stuff to be seen. Yeah. So it just, it doesn't make sense for me on there, but just. <laughs> you're like no uh, to that I, I will never ever be on snapchat ever Mm-mm. that is totally fair uh for me i was a little nervous about uh website computer coding which is amazing because you've learned it so all right so i know enough to do what i need to do and that's kind of like i don't Say absolutely no, I won't learn, you know, more HTML or more coding or anything like that. I think I'm just really nervous that I'm going to break galsguide.org. I'm just really, like, I don't want to be the one that breaks it because obviously I won't know how to fix it. Well, is, that, <laughs> is it on a WYSIWYG? Right. <laughs> is it on a thing where you just click and put stuff in? I'm using, yeah, I'm using yeah. the WordPress widgets as much as I oh, can. Okay. But, like, there are things where you can um, write your own code for WordPress mm-hmm. and make it exactly what you want. And I go, well... But look at this one's pretty and it's already done. I can just change the colors and it'll be okay, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of lazy. Um, and I'm not opposing to to learning. It just makes me nervous. And I don't know why. Just save. <laughs> right? Save, save often. a lot. I always worry that it's like I save it and then no, that's where I broke it. And so I needed the step before Several I broke backups. it. <laughs> right. Nice. Well, there are studies that boys and girls K through 12 uh, students are equally interested and qualified for STEM careers. However, when it comes to higher education, we see that less than 20% of women are in engineering, computer sciences, and physics. So what do you think can be done to kind of connect these dots for more women in STEM as a exciting career choice? I know it's a loaded question. Basically, how do we solve this problem? <laughs> so yeah, Bonnie, I'll go to you first. How do you solve the problem, Bonnie? Uh, I really like they've been having some like all girls coding camps. Yes. Because I think it's it's gonna be in coding. Like everything we use is a program code. Right. It's gonna be everywhere. Um, They're gonna make the new app that is not Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not like all the apps. Someone had to code those everything mm-hmm. on your computer it's all program codes and as we get closer to like virtual reality people are gonna have to mm-hmm. code that like it's 
coding is where it's at. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the backbone of it sort of thing. Secret door, if you will. I really like the... Is that how we take over the world, by the way? Yes. <laughs> we hide it in the code? Yes. <laughs> we don't agree. Delete. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that a secret? Are we not supposed to let that one out? Is that in the Is that in the handbook? Is that... Okay. All right. <laughs> that meme that's going around like, I need, I need a new foundation. And then it's like, now that the men have stopped listening, <laughs> we strike at midnight. <laughs> Tonight we ride. It's in the code, ladies. Um, and then the the Raspberry Pi is like a little teeny tiny computer. Love those things. Them? Yes, we have like yes. two of them. You can uh, make them into like R two D two, like full on R two D two with a Raspberry Pi. And I'm like, oh, the world is ours. Uh, I was at an event over the weekend, and I was hanging out in someone's room, and their roommate said, um, I, "I'm I gorilla. I did a little gorilla art with the lamp. It now broadcasts art." And I'm like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) And we had taken a Raspberry Pi and wired it into the hotel lamp. And it's not on the internet. Yeah. But it is a a router. uh, It's basically like a hotspot? It's a a hotspot, not to the internet, but to the content that lives on the Raspberry Pi. Like 16 gig of uh, motivational videos that you can find in just a random hotel in Chicago. In, in lamp it's like, i'm like you did what like, <laughs> is it like geocaching so then there's like a spot where you can then try to find oh my god yeah i'm like okay that's yeah, cool that, that sort of stuff is cool <laughs> like, I, I that was that was nice. my face too like i mean it's a podcast so you can't see our faces but right like, yeah exactly. my jaw dropped yeah, and we're I'm, all like i'm like what <laughs> you did what how did you do that what are you talking about <laughs> this is very true oh my goodness uh how would you solve the world when it comes to women in STEM, Lisa? <laughs> the problem is raspberry pie and lamps, basically over hotel over hotel. The problem isn't the women. The problem is the environment. Yeah, I fair. mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you you talk to the female engineers that I know and that are doing the work that are doing the work, uh, and they work with a lot of people who thought the Google manifesto was reasonable, right? Which it wasn't, right? Um, because. We see technology as being the boy's realm because it isn't about emotion and it isn't about humans, but it is, it is because every piece of technology interfaces with the human. Right. And that's where it gets interesting and that's where it gets challenging. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it is reasonable or useful in any way to go sit in a corner and build a technology and ignore all the people on the planet is problematic and the fact that as a culture we see that as somehow elevated not only acceptable which it's not right exactly but and not safe (laughs) and not right right, same building but not useful yeah very true that's not useful yeah i don't if if your piece of technology that you think is brilliant can't be used for anything to improve people's lives you just want to be praised for your brilliance Mm -hmm. i mean cool and all cool story (laughs) bro but um it doesn't work that way and but it's not it's not the women it's that we're chasing them out of the field yeah because our cultural expectation is that they are less valuable Right. And so that, I mean, there is no way to fix that by fixing the women because they are not the problem. They're not the problem. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, we do like to blame yeah. them for a lot and of we do course. like to make them the problem. But since it's not the problem, it won't work very well as a solution. <laughs> yes, this is very true. <laughs> no, I actually, I totally agree with it because they are 
programs where their schools are very rapidly, you know, funding any kind of STEM programming because they got the message very clear from the um, Obama administration that we needed STEM careers. We needed them to be invented. We needed them to be built upon. Um, we needed more people exploring what the the future was going to be and to be doing those, uh, those jobs. So a lot of that is the, you know, the see it, you can be it. And a lot of times what I also think is we just don't know all the different jobs that are available or that could be available. You know what I mean? Like if you can't see it, if you don't know that that's even a career option um, to, to, descend, to go into it, because there, there's only a certain number of people that want to reinvent the wheel. You know, those are trailblazers and they're going to do what they're going to do regardless. They're going to reinvent the wheel. They're going to blaze that trail. This isn't about speaking to them. <laughs> They're already going to change it. It's the the girls who want a safe job that they can excel at, um, that they can use their talents to, um, where they don't have to worry about it being a boys club, basically, is you know what they're kind of looking for. And the interest in the, the long haul of what is this going towards. Because um, I go with, there isn't a gal out there that doesn't already know that like acting and waitressing and teaching are options for her because she sees it all the time. It's everywhere you go. It's on television. It's in your life. But we don't see what a computer looks programmer looks like today. You know what I mean? We don't see what their like day to day is. We don't know what an astronomer is doing today. We can look at Annie Jump Cannon and see what she did way back, but we're not looking at glass plates anymore. You know, we're doing some really cool digital stuff now. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so I think more people in general will be interested in STEM fields um, when they can see it, what they know what they're getting into. If this is what this life looks like, this is what this lifestyle looks like. This is the the things that we are solving. Um, I think will excite people in STEM in general. It doesn't have to be women. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And also mm -hmm. the idea that I don't know if safe careers that they can count on. I don't yeah, know I know, right? Is, is because the I thing think is some are worried. You know, they're just like, well, what's a job where I'm not going to get hurt and crapped on and be in a hostile environment oh, for that, a 40 year career sort yes, of thing? That kind of safe, I think we absolutely That's can That's what I for. mean. Yeah. The, the idea that you're going to do 10 years from now what you're doing today is very in rare. technology or science is that not how those things work right because um, it evolves because <laughs> it does fast. the jobs yeah. the jobs that that your kids are going to do yeah. don't a lot of them don't exist today right podcaster isn't a job that existed right exactly you know youtuber we, didn't exist you know what i mean only a couple of years ago right yeah mm-hmm i was trying to explain to someone at work what a podcast was isn't that a fun conversation <laughs> Internet radio doesn't seem to no. work. It's just like, like Rush Limbaugh. And I'm like, no. Oh. No. No, no. <laughs> Let's no. take a couple of steps back. Technologically, maybe. <laughs> but so it's like spiritually somebody... and ethically, no. Right. Uh. I'm sitting in front of a microphone. That's about where the end of the similarity uh. is. We're both on Earth. <laughs> We're both on Earth. <laughs> This is very true. So do you think that there is too much of a push uh, that girls should get into STEM fields and that there might be a backlash on the upcoming generation? Lisa, what do you think? I believe that it's great to support people, uh, especially people who haven't been represented in media 
And so any sort of marginalized population, to some extent, women count, right? But the idea that they need a huge push to get girls into STEM right. uh, inherently assumes that they don't quite belong there and they can't quite do it. Right. So that's where, I mean, let's go back through the last, you know, uh, however long this show is and look that look at the fact that a lot of this technology came out of the brains of women. Right. And so we don't need to put, again, we don't need to push women into it. Mm-hmm. We need to manage the behavior of the crappy people who are making it hostile to them. Right. Exactly. And, and just simply say, this is not acceptable behavior. Stop. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Don't right. just say it, but make their, make uh, it accountable, make consequences and, yes, for that. Exactly. No, no more of this boys will be boys crap. Right. Exactly. Right. That's yeah. just, no boys are humans and they can be not crappy mm. humans. Have, what is it? Uh, it's not ethics and practices, but basically have standards and practices, standards and practices, have that in your employer agreement of what is a standard office procedure and then follow up on that and report it it's, and, it, and get them out of there and yeah. care right this mm-hmm. whole idea of you know well this is this is a brilliant man so he should be allowed to abuse the people right like no that doesn't work from a business perspective it doesn't right. work from an organizational perspective it's a myth that people who behave badly would really like everybody around them to believe right. because that would be super convenient for the buttheads. I call it the Steve Jobs uh, metaphor <laughs> that he can be an asshole to everybody in his employee, but he's a genius. Man got fired <laughs> and for doing what he was doing. So And yeah. the things he was doing didn't create the good work. They got in the way of the good work. Correct. Yes. And that's the paradigm shift we have to understand. Right. That's where the Google Manifesto came from, where the guy is like, the good work is coming out of... No, no, dude. That's actually not true. Right. Your fundamental premise is flawed. The fundamental premise that the CEO of Uber or Steve Jobs or what, you know, mm-hmm. there's you know Harvey Weinstein, that these male geniuses should have their bad behavior excused because it is valuable. No way. It's not no. true. That's That behavior is doing more damage than good in the world. Right. And as we begin to recognize it, and I believe and hope we're moving in that direction. Right. That's what Although, we're trying to, right? We're pushing forward. There's always going to be there's, some... There's some backlash. There's there some always push, is. Push me, pull you. That's how this, change happens. Culture, every right? time. <laughs> but, but if you go down and look at how progress happens, it... it happens because people invent new things yeah right and a lot of that inventiveness is inherently in the minds of women yeah and so teaching the people around us that it is not only unacceptable but uh counterproductive Mm -hmm. to devalue that that's the shift we need yeah and again the problem isn't the women. The problem is the environment they're placed in. Right. So saying, how can you know? How can we as women fix this for other women? Not that we get to stop working towards it. Right. Exactly. But we, we need to name the problem as it exists. Yeah. There you go. I think that's an absolutely fair assessment. Yeah. I dig it. Dun 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 dun. Uh, Bonnie, what about you? What do you <sighs> think? It's a backlash. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a backlash? I think we're, uh, you know, girls in STEM. Girls in STEM. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's not that the interest isn't there, it's the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it should, the, uh, oh, what would you call it? The 
statistics for who is yeah. in the field, it should probably reflect the population. Right. Like, yeah. women are a slight majority to be, like, 51%, mm-hmm. and not just with gender, with um, the race, race as well. Yep. And, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even um, to immigrants as well. Yes. Where it's just like, hold on, <laughs> what about also immigration as well? You know what I mean? There's Getting a... new ideas um, into, a, into the field. Hedy Lamar was an immigrant. Yeah, she was. Yes. Austria Hungary. Yes, her name was Hedwig. <laughs> Hedwig. I do kind of like that Hedwig. <laughs> and the thing is, people hear this idea that we need to look for diverse populations in technology and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, social justice warriors. Sure. But I never heard of that as a bad thing. Well, well I'm sorry. I've been called that as a bad thing. When somebody said, I'm like, those three words are supposed to be bad. Right. Like, I'm like, I will put that on a badge and wear that. Yes, uh, I'm a social I, justice I warrior. Why have not? have that on a badge and I do wear it. <laughs> yes. Um, I, but the other piece of it is what we're looking for is diverse solutions. Yes. New ways of looking at things. Yeah. Somebody who can take their understanding of, you know, electrical gadgets and talk to a composer who has something on a player piano and turn into (laughs) turn it into wi-fi right right? and people who all come from the same population by their nature have the same understanding of the world right and they see it the same way to a certain extent right yeah and so when you put in people who have grown up in a different culture like immigrants Mm -hmm. or people who have a different cultural experience like women or people of color yeah then you get better result and especially if what you're trying to do is innovation which you are in stem right right so it isn't that you should do this thing because some because it's like eating your vegetables right exactly it's It's not the morally rust thing to do no it's actually better for the technology it it actually works better so i mean (laughs) let's do that thing i remember reading um because uh nasa used to i think it still does but it used to come into schools um, yeah. to, you know, to motivate students into the sciences. Now they would say STEM, um, but before it was like, no, 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 be interested in science. But they uh, did and always have even looked for kids with dyslexia because they saw the world differently. Yep. They solved problems differently. They went at things from different points of view. And so they're like differences are a plus mm-hmm. in what we do at NASA. And I'm like, brilliant (laughs) right so i've always related that to anything it's like you want to solve a problem you get different minds in the room yep and every different type of mind possibly you know background economic race gender like you know put create an actual melting pot (laughs) and solve a problem that way i mean i think that's what the idea of the united nations was (laughs) but that's government that's not science just different different kind of science totally different thing yeah i mean for me i do i do worry about the stem push i do have two young daughters and they've been hearing it like their whole lives at this point you know think about stem think about stem and teenagers especially they rebel and i think that's what they're Mm. supposed to do they're supposed to push back against what adults tell them because they're trying to challenge you know what if you're wrong or what can i do myself what can i contribute uh to it so i mean millennials are trying to kill like applebee's and they'll probably be for some odd reason applebee's is failing and they're blaming millennials for not going to applebee's i'm okay with that (laughs) But they're not going to kill science. Like, we're always going to have science, technology, engineering, and math. 
We may not call it STEM. <laughs> we may not have an acronym for it, but all these fields are still going to actually exist. Um, I really think uh, what it can come down to is um, they need to be shown, the, I'm, I'm, it sounds terrible, but they need to be shown what the problem is and then not a label on it. Like this is a science problem. This is a technology problem. You know what I mean? So on. if they are shown what the problem is, I think millennials are going to go after that and they're going to, you know, use all of this in STEM, <laughs> you know, to try to tackle that problem. So I think the label is almost a, it could be a barrier. It could be a backlash, uh, but not, not the problem itself um, because that will get them interested and that will keep them motivated and that will give them a reason to plug in and play and to say, Hey, we don't have time to deal with the sexism stuff, this misogyny stuff we're solving a bigger problem here. Can we just get to the point? Can we just do our work today? You know what I mean? And, and get it done. So, um, yeah. So I think, uh, I think STEM gals and guys are ready to rise to the challenge. If we just step back and let them do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So we've got one final question as we wrap up here. Um, who do you think is a fantastic STEM role model, male or female, somebody who speaks to you, who you really dig and find inspiration from past, present, upcoming, you know, in the Waybacks machine, all that good stuff. Bonnie. Um, Margaret Hamilton and Grace Hopper have been uh. at the top of my list for like a few years now. Margaret Hamilton worked on the Apollo missions and mm -hmm. she did, she like hand wrote the code yes. back when they did that. It's in the There's code. There's a picture of her standing next to this giant stack of binders <laughs> as tall as she was. Um, I she's love that responsible photo. for Apollo 11 is not 13, but Apollo 11, they had some kind of problem with the computer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they the programmed fire. in like a priority system for the computer to know what to do because otherwise mm -hmm. it would just kind of go in order and do the thing. And they set priorities like, no, you kind of need air. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds, it sounds like a duh thing now, but it, the computer doesn't know. <laughs> no, it only knows what we tell it to do. Correct. So and it needs to know the priority is air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grace Hopper joined the military uh, late in her life and worked on the first computers. Like she wrote the computer manual for mm -hmm. the Mark One, um, And she's the reason why we have the bug in the computer because back when the computers were the room-sized computers, yeah. a moth had gotten into the relays, and they, they taped it in the, the <laughs> logbook. You can see it's the first computer book. I loved it. Um, I'm always going on about Rosalind Franklin. Yes, I went it. on a rant about her today. <laughs> it's a Rosalind Franklin yeah. day. <laughs> so uh, Rosalind Franklin used a process called X-ray crystallography, mm -hmm. which is like taking photographs of like teeny tiny microscopic things with like X-rays and protons or something. Yeah. Um, Way small. Yeah. Teeny tiny. But she took the first photograph of the double helix structure of DNA. Mm -hmm. So she's the reason why we know that it looks like it. Everyone knows what that looks like. Right, exactly. Like It's like the Mona Lisa. Everyone knows what that looks like. It's because of her and Watson and Crick, oh. these two giant buttheads, Pretty much. came in. Um, I think another dude showed them, showed Watson and Crick the actual photograph. And they were like, yeah. Ah. That like seems great. Let's just base our name on that. All yeah. of our research on this one photograph and take credit and just cite it as general uh, general laboratory research because mm -hmm. they shared a lab. 
And then she she left because, you know, they're douchebags. Yeah. She went and worked with another gentleman, I think it was with Proteins, Mm -hmm. and he ended up winning a Nobel Prize. So she probably should have gotten two. Probably. That other guy never, like, took her work or whatever, but she probably would have... I think she died at 32 or 36, too. She was very young. Yeah, Yeah. very, Uh, very young. Ovarian cancer, too. It's, Uh like, so much worse that it's, like, a woman's cancer. Right. "Ah." (laughs) Oh, lady. (laughs) So that's my rant. No, I love it. Rosalind Franklin. I'm totally with you. It's always a good day for a (laughs) Rosalind Franklin rant, because it's very true. Lisa, what about you? So I'm going to take this question from a slightly different angle and not talk about a historical figure. Yeah, you don't have to. I'm going to talk about a STEM role model that you can meet at Starbase Indy this year. Yay! Uh, Her name is Erin McDonald, and she does a YouTube show called Dr. Erin Explains the Universe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she's an astrophysicist and... uh, her Twitter bio is PhD, astrophysicist, rocket scientist, and warp drive expert. She's her Twitter name is Erin McDonald, Doctor of Space Time. Yes. Nice. So she's an actual astrophysicist and she works as yeah. such. She also does this show where she explains real astrophysics using pop culture references perfect right and so you understand it you understand where the pop culture stuff makes sense with what we actually know about the universe or what we think we know when it's a pop culture reference right right right. and then uh where it doesn't and where it doesn't match up yeah and that uh, and she's just fantastic and you can meet her at service indy this year uh also a different kind of science we've got a woman named sandy gimpel who's been a stunt woman for more than 50 years yeah totally and has this amazing career and has done a lot of groundbreaking things in, there's a lot of science in that too. Oh, absolutely. How do you not die when you do a thing that looks like it should kill you? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, how do you fall? What is the body mechanics involved mm-hmm. in the physics? And yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and not only has she done the work, but she's done the assistant director piece and coordinated the work and figured it out for other performers. Yeah. And so, and she will be at Starbase Indy this year too. Yay! So if you want to meet some STEM role models, we have that. Right, exactly. Oh, no, I love it. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, for me, I I know that role models are a personal thing. And they're kind of like a muse that comes to you when you need them. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, you find this little bit of information, or you found a quote or something like that. And, uh, and it gravitates you towards them. Um, when it comes to STEM, my potpourri or almost vanilla answer of an introduction to a female role model to kind of like start there and then figure out what you like and don't like is Annie Jump Cannon. Um, and the reason why I choose her is because she was very beloved. Like anybody who talks about this woman loves the crap out of her. <laughs> Barely a bad word has ever been said about Annie Jump Cannon. And I'm like, she lived to be 86. <laughs> she didn't piss off anybody. Like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> But um, she also worked through a lot of different variables. She worked through sexism. She also had a hearing deficiency Mm -hmm. as well. And she did not let that stop her. She was a champion for other women. She created prizes, the Annie Jump Cannon Prize, to excel other women in astronomy. Um, She was also in a Wonder Woman comic, for crying out loud. So that's very close to my heart, by the way. It's uh, Wonder Woman number 33 from 1949. Uh, Annie Jump Cannon is featured in it. It's 
Diana Prince's uh, amazing women of history. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but I think any of the gals that we talked about today would be awesome role models. And there are far more that are out there in the world. Um, so would be, you know, absolutely a fantastic role model. So, well, gal pals, that wraps it up for us. Thank you so much for being on board this mothership and sharing your thoughts and your wisdom. Yes. Mothership. Mothership. You finally get that reference. There it is. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's the mothership. Uh, So let's share with the good people uh, where they can reach you and what cool projects you have coming up. Lisa, tell us where the people can reach you. Well, I suppose no one will be shocked when I talk about Starbase Indie. Do it! Tell us about Starbase Indie. Please, 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 please. Yeah, so Starbase Indie started 30 years ago as a fan-run Star Trek convention. Yes. And uh, last year we made a shift in direction Mm -hmm. to become a 501c3 not-for-profit. Our mission is celebrating Star Trek's vision of the future through humanitarianism and STEM education. And this is why Lisa is on the show. This is why I'm here. Um, And the thing about Star Trek is it's a hopeful vision of the future. It really is. Yeah, I love a lot of science fiction, but let me tell you, I don't want to go live in Pan Am. Right. I mean, I don't necessarily want to go live on the Death Star. Right. Like, there's a lot. But But I want to live in Starbase is the thing. Yeah. That community, that ideal is I'm there. Absolutely. Yes. Right. You got a room for me on the Enterprise, just beam me up right now. Done. Um, (laughs) And the, the way we get there, the way we build rocket ships and go exploring is through STEM. Yeah. And also through humanitarianism, because like we Mm -hmm. talked about, we need to work with people who don't think like we do. Right. If we're going to create novel solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. So we will have about 150 different offerings in terms of programming in a three-day weekend. We happen over Thanksgiving weekend every year. Mm -hmm. Um, Tickets are a variety of prices depending, uh, but about 50 bucks for a weekend badge if you're an adult. Kids uh, 12 and under are free all of the time, and everybody can come in for free on Sunday. Yeah. So we've got a ton. Uh, Gal's Guide is running the Uhura Training Academy. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's going to be a We're ton be there. of <laughs> great programming for student-aged, you know, uh, Aimed at what, fifth to eighth grade kind of? Fifth to eighth grade. We go middle of the road. That way younger kids Mm -hmm. get it. And also adults are like, yep, speaking my language. Yeah. We get right there in the middle. (laughs) And and interesting. Like, so when I say to people, we've become not just a Star Trek convention, but a science event. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I get the, like, homework. I'm like, no. Like, cool science. Like, robots. Like, how do you brew beer? Like, Mm -hmm. what do bugs taste like? We've got a panel called Adult Entomology. I know. She's in our room. Which is really cool. (laughs) We're very Um, excited. I'm not going to eat any, but I'm very excited. Right. And uh, things like (laughs) extracting DNA and looking at it under a microscope. So, you know, if that sounds like fun, Mm -hmm. even if, you know, you're an adult and you're like, well, this shouldn't sound cool, but it does. Oh, it's totally cool. Come see us Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a community of people who are interested in the ideas around making the world a better place. Right. So uh, you can find us at starbaseindie.org and go to the website and you'll find everything from there. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm a big fan of Starbase. Like uh, yes. when I was retiring from filmmaking, I was doing like less and less conventions and film festivals and all that stuff. But Starbase was the one I was never going to stop going to. So Starbase was the only one that I was doing once I retired. It's like, I'm just, I'm going to go for fun. I'm going to have a good time. 
<laughs> they're welcoming and they're awesome, as are you, my lovely. <laughs> Thank you, dear. So, Bonnie, tell the good people where they can find you and what cool stuff you is working on. I just finished up the Women's History Calendar. Which is gorgeous. printed. Yes. Leah just got hers today. I love it. Ah! I know. They it's are, they're, they're gorgeous. And they can be bought through my Etsy shop, and they make great holiday gifts. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, just buy it. It's really good. They're for next year, not this year. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's planning ahead. What? I know, right? And it's got a calendar. It's got features. My artwork, but I went through and put all these awesome ladies' birthdays. You get Women's Equality Day, you know, Harriet Tubman Day, all kinds of stuff all throughout there. Um, always working on, I'll be working on suffragists for till 2020 for nice. the, the, uh, bicentennial for that. And I've been kind of thinking about doing a little side thing of women in politics. Ooh. I was originally going to go up to the midterms now and do like 50 of them, but we're, we're past the 50 days. It's less than 50 days. <laughs> right. So maybe after the election or after the midterms, there we'll go. do 50 women in politics. I think that would be awesome. I like that idea. Because <laughs> either way, either way it goes, I think it'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Well, for me, you can find me on Twitter is the best place to find me. Um, actually, wait, where is the best place to find you, Bonnie? Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. everywhere at uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, I got website, Etsy shop, uh, what's Patreon. The, what, what's it called? It's uh, Bonnie Fillenworth. It's B-O-N-N-I-E. F-I-L-L-E-N-W-A-R-T-H. Yeah. That's really long. It's a name. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, I don't think, where can people also track you down? And you said starbase.org. Starbase.org. You got Starbase is on all of the socials, right? So, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram primarily. We're in there. We're on Twitter, I'm not optimizing for it as much just because I'm the one doing social media and I'm lazy. No worries. Um, <laughs> but if you go to our website, you can find all of that. But you can also find us on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. And we have a newsletter that we try to get out once a week. I'm Those miss are very this week, hard. But, Gal's um, Guide even stopped doing a newsletter a couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> the, but so you can find us if you Google. And if you Google uh, Lisa Meese, it's M E E C E with a C, we'll probably find my Facebook and, and stuff if you want to connect exactly. with me personally. Yes, well, because you're awesome. So, like, <laughs> do both, both. <laughs> so, yes, for me, I'm on Twitter at Dr. Leah Leach. And coming up, I am working with both of these lovely gals at Starbase Indie. Uh, gals Guide is hosting the O'Hara Trading Academy. It is part of the weekend badge that Lisa was talking about. So you can explore all of the interests and skills relating to your favorite Star Trek communications officer. We have the full course schedule at galsguide.org. We have direct links to Starbase to get your badges. And we have a $5 off promo code, which is Academy. $5 off. Just saying. Uh, So all of it is STEM related. It's all ages. And you know that you want a certificate that says you graduated from the O'Hara Training Academy. So I hope to see you at Starbase. And I know I'm going to see these two lovely ladies there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. So I can't wait. (laughs) See you on the Starbase. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been a ton of fun. And I hope you glorious listeners have enjoyed our STEM 7. I invite you to join the conversation and tell us your favorite women in STEM. Use the hashtag STEM gals. So for all the articles and the podcast links that we referenced in this episode, visit galsguide.org. I'm going to park the time machine and hand the keys back to Lisa for the next episode. So until next time. Thanks for listening. 
For more exploration, including show notes and links, visit galsguide.org. Add your voice to the discussion on Twitter at galsguidegalaxy. Support our mission by becoming one of our Patreon members. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Thank you for listening. Returning you to Earth in three, two, one.